All right, well, welcome on. My next guest, we've got Jameson Coyle, NHL Network host. Hockey, Jameson, hockey's coming back. It's coming. It, it's it's taken a long time to get to this point, but, you know, uh, I think all good things, you know, have to build and build, and, and I think we're at that point. So, yeah, a week away, and just drop the puck. Let's go. So how, how did this all come together? Because I know for months it was kind of like they don't, they're not really saying much, but you know they're going to have a good plan, but they're not really disclosing what location is, and then there's rumored locations, and they're kind of just dropping down until they guess they land on the two they're going to do it at. Yeah. Um, it may not have looked like there was much going on, but I think behind the scenes it was yeah. incredible amounts of work from both the league standpoint and from you know the players and the players' association just – uh, one, agreeing to terms on everything that's going to be, you know, safe for everybody involved. And two, to make sure that, you know, I think we were at a point as a society that we're ready for sports. You know, they didn't want to do anything if it was going to take away from, you know, the people that need the medical supplies the most. Um, and, you know, I think we're at that point where, you know, people are comfortable enough to, to finally get sports uh, back in the mix. So I think, you know, there was an incredible amount of effort and planning from the league standpoint. I think they had plan A, B, C, D, all the way through probably Z. And I don't know how many of these times they scrapped it, had to go to the next one or kind of, you know, pivot uh, on a dime. You know, I think Vegas was in the mix and they were a front runner to to host as a a hub city for some time. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, Vegas is out because of the resurgence in cases there. So, you know, I think incredible amount of flexibility on both the league and the players association standpoint to one, you know, hammer out the details on this thing and to just come together in a time of uncertainty and kind of put the fans and the product on the forefront. And that's what matters most. And both sides got it done. And like you said, we're about a week away from dropping the puck. It's going to be fantastic. And remind me, the two locations are Edmonton and Toronto. All right. yeah. how, how did they reserve Canada for the next few months? And can the NFL do it later this year? Because Canada has been on their best behavior. U.S., other hand, not so much. Right, exactly. Um, you know, it's a numbers game too, right? With, with things and spreading. And you look at Canada, I think the entire population of the entire country is less than the state of California. Yeah. So they've got that working in their favor. Um, you know, obviously, they did a better job up there. Maybe they were more prepared for it or people are abiding by – um, you know, what, what we need to be doing up there a little bit better than what we're doing down uh, across the border down here. So, look, I don't think it matters where it's going to be. You know, it's, it doesn't have fans. It's going to be in an isolated bubble. So you could throw this thing, in, you know, in the middle of the ocean as long as they could skate. And I think it's going to have the same effect. So for the fans that are really wanting this to come back, they're going to watch it on TV anyway. So whether it's Edmonton, Toronto, Sri Lanka, doesn't matter, you know. Hockey's coming back. And as long as it's the safest place for these people and the employees and the family members who are allowed eventually into the bubble, then I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter where. Because hockey is, is probably – I'm more football, basketball. When I saw that video that they put out the the other day with uh, the song – The flooding? Great, the great, no, The Greatest Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got more yeah. amped for that video. Right. For a sport right. I regularly do not watch than for any other sporting event I've seen in the last four months. Yeah, I, uh, I watched that about 17 times <laughs> in a row, and then I proceeded to run through my garage doors. I was so – you know, I mean, we've been waiting four months yeah. for this, and it's, it's kind of um, – I don't know. It's been like uh, teasing us, yeah. so to speak, and all of a sudden they just drop that thing, and, and then you're starting to see – players back on the ice for these official training camps and, you know, my colleagues and, you know, media members in other cities that cover these teams, they're officially traveling to Toronto, Edmonton. They're, they're in the bubble now. It's, it feels real. So 
I mean, yeah, it's it's all systems go at this point. It's going to be great. So for people that really haven't been following along, how how did they come to decide on Toronto and Edmonton, and how is this going to work in a comparison to what like the NBA is doing in Orlando? Yeah, so I mean, Orlando is just you know one city, whereas the NHL has two: Toronto, Edmonton, Eastern Conference teams, Western Conference teams. Um, how they landed on those two cities? I mean, you know, Toronto is kind of the hockey hub. Um, and I guess they've done a great job up there. You know, it's the equivalent of New York City, I guess, in the United States. Um, but it sounds like they've got the situation under control from a COVID standpoint. So I think that natural fit for Toronto based on hotels, um, things that they need uh, to make this thing work. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't know the nuts and bolts of what all the requirements were, but, you know, Edmonton is a brand new arena. I know they've built up the location around okay. Roger Roger's place uh, a lot as far as hotels and things like that. So I think those two cities check the boxes as far as what what needed to take place uh, for this insulated bubble. You know, I, I, there were some other cities in the mix, Chicago, um, L.A., Vegas, so to speak. But I just think, yeah, when you kind of when you kind of look at what's going to work and what's not yeah. going to work, I think yeah. these were the two best cities yeah. um, and, and the two best cities as far as where they were at. Um, numbers-wise for COVID-19. So I think that's how they landed on those two um, hub cities. Uh, as far as how it's going to work, it's going to be incredible. 24 teams, uh, four teams in the East, four teams in the West get a um, a bye, so to speak, but they'll play three games in a round-robin format. And however they do in that pool play kind of determines their seating coming out of that. Um, yeah, one through four. So let's say you're the Boston Bruins in the East right now, and you're the only team in the regular season – to hit 100 points, you you should have the number one seed, but you're not necessarily going to get it. You know, you still have to play these three games, and if your record is good enough, then you'll get the number one seed. But the Bs could fall all the way down to the fourth seed in the East. So, you know, another little wrinkle in things, which is certainly going to be fun. Um, I, I root for organized chaos, and I think we're going to get it with this tournament. But um, for the qualifying round, it's going to be a best of five, and so you have, you know, 24 minus those eight teams, so 16 teams uh, competing in that and um, yeah best of five and you win three games you're moving on to the next round that's awesome should be fun are the players all there now in their respective cities uh they are getting there not not all the players are there media members are going there right now um players are still in their their respective cities yeah. for camps right now training camps yeah. and then i think they'll head that way at the start of next week and they'll play one exhibition game um in that Hub City, and then it's then it's uh, qualifying round and round robin starting, I believe, August first. So next Saturday. Yeah, and then so in the past few weeks, that they've been they've been, I assume a lot of since a lot of guys are from overseas, they got to get everybody here, and then they've been doing a lot of testing and testing to the point where maybe the team might leave, and not all the players are going, and they can join them once they test negative. Right. Yeah, I don't know all the specifics of yeah. that. I, it's it's very different depending on what country you're coming from, yeah. how long you have to quarantine. I know a lot of the European guys who were overseas during the quarantine had to come back and then yeah, quarantine in place for yeah. you know two weeks. We've had situations pop up, and just to you know mention the Bruins again, David yeah. Pasternak. He he went. He took part in a in an on ice session by himself, and then was held out the uh, first day of training camp just because he was around somebody yeah. who tested positive for COVID-19. So then he got tested. The test came back negative. So there is a lot of testing going on right now. Um, each team, I think, is responsible for that, uh, 
you know, individual testing right now until they get to the hub cities. And then I'm pretty sure they're going to be tested at least uh, once a day in those hub cities. You know, we got some details about the testing and it's, it's incredible. Uh, not only the players, staff members, but anybody that comes not even in contact with these players yeah. or these teams, but it, it, along the line uh, of the chain of events that lead to, let's say a player getting room service at his hotel, like really? chefs, cooks and stuff, everybody inside of that bubble is getting tested on a daily basis. That's so it, it's intense, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's safety first. So. And then in the event that a player pull, like the guy in the Kings went out to grab takeout the other day and met yeah. with that delivery driver, is there a protocol if the guy leaves the bubble? I, I, there's nothing, nothing like we've seen, I think, what is it, baseball, like the Blue Jays players or something like no, that? No, 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 no. $750,000 and up to a year in jail or there was that some was kind insane. of. insane. It was insane. You know, it, insane. So, I mean, I think that was a scare tactic, yeah. hopefully. Uh, I hope we're not prosecuting any of our own players, but no, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the captains and leaders of these teams have come out and said, look, you know, if we want to win the cup, this, this is on us, you know, this is, this is on us to stay healthy. And um, they, they take it as a major responsibility. And I think they don't take this situation lightly. Like this isn't, you know, this, this isn't your standard, like little mites tournament where you're going to, you know, this, everybody knows the medical ramifications of this thing and how quickly uh, we could get the stop sign on this whole yeah. thing. And trust me, you don't want to be the guy that puts the stop sign on this incredible 2014 yeah. tournament because you're going to have a lot of players upset with you. You're going to have the entire NHL fan base upset at you and you're going to have my household coming at you yeah. because we've all been quarantined yeah. uh, too long. So uh, as far as I know, there's no set um, ramifications. I think there are discipline uh, situations. You know, I think teams could lose um, up to a draft pick and oh, think, wow. draft pick and things like that. Or uh, players, if they do, um, if they do violate the bubble restrictions, you know, it's just all coming back to me right now um, that they will be, they could get kicked out of this tournament too. So you know, risk reward if you want that takeout really that yeah. bad. But, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you might not get a shot at the Stanley Cup. So we'll oh, see. Yeah. Well, if you, if you really want shrimp, it might be worth it. But I don't think your team might be <laughs> right? great. No. And then, um, so I'm, I'm in DC now. What, what do you think of the Caps? What do you think of their chances? Strong, very strong. I mean, always, always one of the top teams in the East. But the one thing, the one thing I will uh, note about the Caps, and I was playing, um, EA Sports NHL 20. A lot of video game hockey over the last couple of months, but with one of my good friends, Mike Kelly, who's a uh, he's a big stats guy up in uh, Canada. Yeah, works for TSN, does some work for us uh, at the NHL Network, and he he noticed he noticed something about the Capitals and and Braden Holpe. He he said the only thing that kind of mimics what we're going to see here, um, as far as like four months off, would be the start of a season. So he took he took goaltenders in the last like five years and looked at their first ten starts of an NHL season and who are some of those goalies that might get off to a slow start may not benefit them in a yeah. tournament like this. And Braden Holpe was one of those guys, you know, just kind of notoriously a slow starter, but you know, we all know what Holpe can do. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it, we've never played a scenario like this. So we only have those stats to go off of, but you know, they certainly have a great one and one a situation down there in Washington yeah. with Samsonov in that too. But again, Samsonov, maybe like this situation with the Rangers, Here's a young stud goalie who doesn't quite have NHL playoff experience. So we'll see. Obviously, hope he's the guy uh, early on and how short that leash is. I don't know. But when it comes to, I mean, the firepower up front, John Carlson could win the Norris this year. Who knows? I mean, that team, that team is as good as they've been um, in the last couple of years. And we know they won the cup. So uh, they've got another crack yeah. at it this year. And they're, they've got just as good as a chance as some of the top teams in the East, I, I think. They're up there with Boston and Tampa. 
I just got an update that apparently all the NBA players tested negative over the past, last round of tests. So good news. Good, good, good news That's all around. That's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then something else. do you think that the elongated hiatus with so many players not playing hockey for such a long time, maybe longer than they've ever done before, does that benefit – and then returning back, does that benefit the older players with veteran experience or some of the younger guys with fresher legs? And returning back to playoff games, yeah. right? These aren't yeah. these aren't exhibition. Like we don't we don't have like a full on training camp, preseason things like that. So uh, initially, I thought it benefits. I, I still do. I think it benefits older players, like uh, and veteran players, right? Guys who are nobody goes into the Stanley Cup playoffs healthy these days, and we know what a grueling playoff run it can be. So I think teams like like Tampa, who had Steven Stamkos, he was injured. Uh, he's back to full health, or at least should be once phase four begins. Um, Carolina, a, a team with a guy like Dougie Hamilton, he was going to miss the playoffs if they made the playoffs. Oh, wow. He's now back in the mix. Um, Boston again, that old veteran core, Chara, Bergeron. How's Chara's you know, jaw? They, how's his jaw doing? I remember last year it was dude, not looking pretty. I know it was not looking pretty. He but, played though. I, mean, to play, I give him credit. The play <laughs> to play through what that guy played through, and then to find out that it wasn't one fracture; it was like multiple face fractures. He could barely breathe. Like you talk about just uh, a gladiator. Yeah. Like Big Z is certainly that. And he so wears a mask. He's, and he wears a mask too. He knows exactly. Exactly. He's yeah. doing it the right way. Yeah. So yeah, I think it certainly benefits the veteran players. But then I also, you know, jumping into the studio a couple of times last week get the benefit of our analysts who have played the game. And a lot of those guys think it benefits some of these young guys too, because, you know, fresh legs, but these guys, they don't need time to like ramp it up anymore. They can just jump in They're go, go, go energizer bunnies. And they don't know what they don't know. Right. Like, they, yeah, we've never gone through a scenario like this before. Yeah. They haven't either. So you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's uh, youthful legs and a youthful mindset, I think would benefit a lot of these young teams. Um, in the playoffs too so that's my that's my hedging my bet saying yeah it benefits both veteran people and young, young people so if you're you know if you're in the league like three years of service who knows I don't know how it plays out for you but it'll be interesting to see we can only speculate at this point because we've never seen it before wow. who's your dark horse to win it all Ooh, my dark horse to win it all I don't know Chicago maybe if you wanted to go dark horse I just think look if Corey Crawford's healthy we know what he can do He's maybe the most unappreciated Stanley Cup playoff goaltender in NHL history. You know, he's, he's led that team to two Stanley Cup championships. They still have that same core of guys with Kane and Taves. And then they've got some of these young studs, too, uh, with Debrinket and Dominic Kubelik, who was up for the uh, finalist for the Calder this year. So I think that's a team that maybe goes um, overlooked in the West. That's a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs. But now that they're in the mix, I think anything can happen. Um, my favorites in the East are still – going to be Boston and Tampa, but I think a dark horse in the East could be a team like New York Rangers who, you know, came on with a, all kinds of steam. Artemi Panarin, they've got a young decor, um, three goalies that they could start in game one uh, in net, so I don't know how that's going to play out, but those are my favorites in the East and in the West, I would say um, Colorado's kind of my team, you know, and that's another team that kind of benefits from this long layoff, they get yeah. fully healthy. I think Miko Rantanen was a little banged up heading into the playoffs, but that top line of Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon, um, and then you add a guy like Kale McCarr on the back end, and a youngster like Bowen Byram uh, on that back end as well. You know, a rookie who's never played an NHL game, and now he's going to get thrown right into the playoffs. I, I think that team has the mix of, you know, veteran leadership and young talent, so they're a team to watch out west too. 
So I, I saw a rumor. I don't know. I think it was before they they came up with the whole plan. They said that if all goes well, they were considering letting the Stanley Cup teams play their home games in their respective cities. Is that not happening? I haven't heard concrete information. I think it's still a fluid situation moving forward. I had had I had heard um, that similar report like uh, about a month ago that said yeah. if we got to a a yeah. point that yes, they may do you know home arenas without fans or yeah. even maybe two thousand fans. I don't know where we're at on that because yeah. I think you know the commissioner kind of reiterates this every time he makes yeah. a public appearance. Look, we're we're day to day, and yeah. we talked about that flexibility and being able to pivot. Um, how the league has kind of come up with these hub cities in this whole tournament. So I don't think anything moving forward is set in stone. We may have to hit pause. We may have to relocate. You know, I think they're planning for all kinds of scenarios. Um, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for the league is to hand out the Stanley cup this year and whatever way that looks, I think they'll get it done. Definitely. Definitely. Do you think any of the guys are going to be, I saw the other day, I was watching the, I think one of the guys in the Yankees who's playing with a mask. Do you think you'll see any guys with a little, maybe a mouth covering or a nose covering, or do you think they're just going to look like normally? Yeah, I think they'll look normal. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, trust me, my, my level of expertise as far as uh, being a hockey player ended yeah. in high school, but it was it's hard enough to breathe on the ice with kind of those bubble yeah. shields that yeah. some players have to wear. We saw, you know, Char and some of those guys who break their jaws have to wear those, and they always talk about how tough it is. So I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be wearing masks on the ice. I think you'll see them coming into the arenas, uh, any anything not to do with on-ice activities, they'll be wearing those masks just because, you know, it's it's the right thing to do, and it sets a great example for the yeah. fans out there uh, watching these guys as far as what it takes to kind of get back to some semblance uh, of normalcy. So, yeah, I don't think masks on the ice, but who knows? I could be, yeah. I could be surprised. And then speaking of on the ice, of course, everybody in hockey, they love to fight, and you take the mask off. But now you really don't want to take the mask off because of everything. You kind of want to limit as much exposure to somebody else as possible. Is there going to be, do you think, added officiating to kind of make sure, hey, like we can't really do what we have been doing. We want to keep you guys safe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can tinker with the game, right? So, mm-hmm. look, fighting has is, is drastically been reduced in the last – there's no more um, orchestrated fights. And – you're going to see even less of that in the playoffs because every game, every minute, every penalty special teams means so much to these teams and can shift momentum in your favor. So I think if a fight happens based on emotions or uh, a need in that moment, I think you're going to see it. I don't think players are going to change the way that they play. And again, you know, they're only going to get to play if they are cleared and free of coronavirus. So at at that point you should be safe to resume all um, activities that we see uh, in a normal regular season or playoff scenario. So I don't think you'll see, you know, guys hesitating to drop the mitts or anything like that. I'd love to see that. We, we may not see goal celebrations though. Like, um, you know, the little huddle or the high fives yeah. and stuff. You know, I saw in baseball the other night instead of the high five line, they did like uh, leg kicks, like leg taps. No, no. So don't even do anything. See... Just don't even do anything if you didn't do that. I know. I did see something. I think it was a scrimmage the other day. I don't know if it was the abs or the penguins, but it was like somebody scored and they all, you know, they were like, three feet away socially distanced like helmet taps and stuff it was kind of funny it was it was decent we'll see you know guys are creative and uh we'll see what they come up with but i think they're you know i I don't think we're gonna see the standard huddle like we used to is the last player on every bench like the designated hand sanitizer guy just kind of like getting everybody going after (laughs) plays yeah he gets the purell that's that's (laughs) team purell guy at the end yeah 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 yeah. but i'm excited honestly 
I, I have more confidence in hockey finishing out their season than any other sport. Plus, they get to play in safe Canada and like U.S. NFL. Apparently, now they're looking like they ever do daily testing. I don't know why it took them yeah. months to figure that out. NBA guys getting takeout. Guys are trying to bring girls in, and the season hasn't even started yet. And then Florida's the biggest hotspot in the country, which is fantastic. Baseball, they're acting like nothing's going on, like the, nothing's going on in the world, and they're just kind of going from place to place. We'll see if that works. But yeah. I think more confidence in hockey than anything else. But this has been a lot of fun. So for people that don't already follow you, how can they find you on social media? At uh, Jameson Coyle on Twitter and at Jameson Coyle on Instagram. And we're on uh, NHL Network. NHL Tonight is Monday through Friday right now, and I think we're ramping up our coverage once uh, playoffs start August 1st. So I think we might have games, but – you talk about a dream scenario for a hockey fan. Yeah. It's essentially the first two days of the NCAA tournament just yeah. with playoff hockey. So yeah. it doesn't get any better. My, my, I still have a perfect bracket. It hasn't, I'm waiting on Warren Buffett to call me because I haven't lost a game yet, but nobody's played yet, but everybody's got a perfect bracket. That um, could blow up quite yeah. quickly this year because yeah. we yeah. don't know how it's going to play out. No, I mean for NCAA from, from March. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, no, Dayton. One, yeah. I got Dayton. Dayton's going far. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My bracket yeah. got busted early on. Oh, yeah. No, everybody's got brackets. The Ivy League was the biggest sleeper this year, and then everything was kind of exploded. But yeah, but this has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to watching it, and I can't wait for hockey to start. My pleasure. Great talking to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.